0: to read this story part of it again but I, I want you to think about if you are saved if you can think back to when you did get saved or if you're not saved I, I'm going to just whet your appetite kind of tell you what you're missing and show you what God has in store for you. So those of you that have a Bible or you're on your phone or whatever, go back to Luke chapter 2 and look at at verse 8. We're going to look right there, and I'm just going to kind of skim through it because you just heard uh, the whole story, and you saw the story. But here we go for the third time. There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch, Over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I've I've got to pray. I'm sorry. He said, stop and pray. We're going to stop and pray. Lord, this is your word. I realize that if we don't receive this word, and we just hear it, it, we just attended another religious ceremony. But God, I pray the seed finds root, and it matures, and Lord, we are better than we've ever been because of the word, so I rebuke the devourer, Satan's really doing what he does right now, and keeping us preoccupied or drawing our attention to something else in the sanctuary other than your word, so God, I rebuke him, he's exposed, I call him out, and Lord, he is robbing people blind if they... Aren't careful. So, God, help us not to fall prey to that. And we'll give you praise. Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Now, an angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds in verse 9, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. That's you. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into... And you know what, let me, the Lord just showed me something right there. One angel came and brought the message, but when it was time to worship and celebrate, not just one, man, everybody showed up for the party. I think that's a picture of the way praise and worship ought to be on the planet. Every time people get together. Every time. I think everybody ought to be joining in. So it was when the angel had gone, verse 15, away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found the baby and Mary and Joseph Lying in the manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all the things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. As it was told them, and God, again, just anoint me in Jesus' name. Let me decrease so you can increase. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. All right, the picture that I've been referring to is one that I ask you to kind of think back on about your personal experience when you were saved. Now, without coming across any other way, but straight up honest truth, If what I'm about to say does not describe your present condition or you've never ran across this before, we need to talk. We need to talk before you leave. We need to talk at this thing located directly behind me. And I'm going to go through these really, well, kind of, sort of quick. And you can jot them down, but I, I want you to hide them in your heart. If you believe... And you did believe when you were saved, uh, what God tells you or what you heard, whether it was through the preaching or through a gospel tract, it causes something. And this is the way that the shepherd's story played out. And I believe this is what it looks like. So the first thing is, When you encounter the message, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and that's what that was, you will do number one, you will go. If you believe what you've been told, and it it, it may have went something like this. God gave his only begotten son. He died on the cross. He uh, was buried three days. He rose again, and he preached, and he taught. Fifty days later, he ascended up to heaven, And he died and did all this so that whosoever would believe would have everlasting life. And if you really believe that stuff right there, I mean, you've got to have faith to believe that. This is 2019. You were not here or there when that took place. You know, that takes a lot of faith to believe something like that. I mean, for real, think about it. Somebody was actually born of a woman that never slept with a man, first of all. She gave birth for 30 years. He lived in the last three years of his life, 33 total. He preached and told people everything that had happened and was happening and would happen. And then he did die. He rose again. And later on, he ascended. It takes a lot of faith to believe that, church. How many of you believe that stuff? Raise your hand. Not part of the message, if you can believe God for that, how come you can't believe God for divine healing? How come you can't believe God? I mean, it takes a lot to believe that, what I just explained to you. How come you can't believe God to meet your needs or take care of your family or open a door or close a door or use you in great and mighty ways that you've never even thought about? I mean, come on, church. If you can believe, and a bunch of you raised your hands, and I praise God for that, and I don't question that. But if you believe God for what I said, did you go? Did you go somewhere? Or did you just kind of stay in a corner and say, well, that was kind of a nice experience? Number two, if you believe, you will go, but you, you won't waste time. The Bible says... The shepherds said, uh, Let us now go. So they didn't, they didn't wait around and, you know, kind of say, Well, what are we going to do about all these sheep here? The Bible says they meant, they went, and number two says how they went. It was an urgent thing. They went with haste. I hope you're starting to see the way salvation is supposed to look in our lives. Number three. After you go and you don't waste time. And let me stop it. And before I say number three, you know, I'm just having a lot of Holy Ghost moments right now. And so one of them is this. I can prove to you this is the attitude out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. He said the Lord's Prayer. Y'all remember this? He said when you pray, part of that prayer included thy kingdom come, thy will be done on or in earth, depending on what you're reading or translating, as it is in heaven. Everything done in heaven, it's not the sloths. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say the sloths? We've got there's a bunch of old people or liars in this church. Y'all get that? There's some old people. Uh You know, if I'd have planned this, I'd have said, Derek, uh, if I'd have known y'all were going to be that lame, I'd have said, Derek, we need to show them what a sloth looks like. You know, this is kind of way out there, but I heard another preacher one time at a little conference I was at talk about, the. uh, I was at a church service as a matter, and he referred to, don't nobody get tender or salty. I've traded in tender for salty temporarily. Don't nobody get salty on me, but he talked about how People at the DMV remind him of the sloths. Now the sloth is a kid's cartoon and they go into to the DMV or whatever, when they were and, and, and their pace is like this. Can I help you? Now a lot of you are thinking of more places than the DMV when I say that. And don't get carried away or sidetracked with that. I believe the will of God is not carried out by sloths in heaven. I believe the power of God in a saved person is supposed to be carried out with haste on this earth. Now more than ever. And if you hear the message and you believe what you hear, you will go and you will kick it in gear. You'll go with haste. Number three... When you go, the Bible says, when they got there and they saw, and for us that means when you hear the message and you taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good, it will cause you to do something. In the region where the baby was born, they testified. They told everybody on the spot right where they were. They didn't have any shame in their game. This is what salvation will do to you. And see, they were receiving the gift of God, some of the very first people to receive God's gift, and this was the attitude and how they carried out the rest of their lives. They ran. They ran very fast. They testified. You know, I call it the Johnny Britt Britt syndrome. When Johnny got saved, he did that. If you knew Johnny Britt... You were dead meat in Walmart is all I can say. Because he could not stop testifying. He did exactly what Greg done to me this morning. He testified. See, I'm, I, you know, and I'm going to finish this right here. But when you meet the real Jesus, real stuff happens to you, church. When, when, you, when you meet the real Jesus, it's not a... a predictable casual same old same old me you turn into a different shepherd do you hear me this morning you you're not who you are you you don't care about your livelihood all the sheep that you had to either leave in somebody else's care or you had to tie up You don't care about that because you've heard about the great shepherd, the great lamb of God that was born. And your life will never be the same again. So it causes an urgent attitude inside of you to run and go and see for yourself. And you've tasted and you've actually laid eyes on Jesus Christ, spiritually speaking. And you've got to tell the world about it for the rest of your life. But that's not all they did. The Bible says that they, they went. They went with haste. They testified. But when they returned home. See, they wasn't at home. They did this out of town on vacation. The Bible says that you will glorify. The shepherds returned and they glorified. What's the difference between glorifying and testifying? Here's a little bit of preaching right here. They When you testify, you tell me like Greg told me this morning testifying is testifying of the goodness and the power of God in your life to somebody else when you glorify you're talking directly to him God I glorify you because you did free me from that addiction God I glorify you because Satan did not have a way when you had a way he had to let go God I glorify you because you have fed me and you've kept food in my cupboard at home you've kept clothes on my back you've taken care of my family you made a way when I didn't even think there was another way left you created a way you formed a way that's glorifying God even when people don't think you ought to glorify God and here's the deal on all that that's exactly what a saved person does the rest of their life that's what a saved person will do They'll go, and they'll go fast. They'll testify, and they'll glorify. So here's last week I'm wearing this thing. The only reason I'm wearing it now is because of y'all. Not because you'll see it, really, but in case somebody forgets, and you just feel led to grab my right shoulder and just, How you doing, preacher? I'm glad to see you. I won't have to lay hands on you after I pass out. No. The reason I, the, uh, is just helps, but it creates neck trouble. And so I'm six weeks in, praise God. And you know what I told y'all six weeks ago? Uh, I told you that God said he wouldn't let me loose from the, the surgery, but he's really helped me. He would help me on the recovery. And that's what I'm told almost every time I go to physical therapy. And so my six weeks is up. And this thing is starting to hurt my neck. And I just might get rid of it here in a minute. But I'm scared I'm going to break that strap that's being held up in there. So i got to hold it for a, another minute or two. But I, I want to tell you this. If your life doesn't look like this, or it's never looked like that, listen to me right now. I'm afraid you've never really met Jesus. the way he's wanting to be met I don't mean you are a bad person or your life is not valuable oh it's very valuable that's why God said in fact you know what everything that I just told you describes I don't know if I did I give you Ephesians 2 Derek that scripture I, I don't know if I did or not but, but listen for by grace are you saved through faith check this, le- this next line out it's not of yourself but it is the what of God. See, everything about God since creation has been delivered to the human race in the form of a gift, including his own son. When those shepherds were going to see that baby in that manger, and one of the reasons many scholars believe that God allowed him to be born in a manger and not some fancy palace somewhere is because all of, the sacrificial animals that were born pure and all that A lot of times, most of the times, they were born in a trough-like manger. So it only made sense for the spotless lamb of God to be born in a manger like that that would be given up and sacrificed for all of the human race. And it was God's gift. It was a gory, bloody nonsense in a lot of people's, but it was God's gift to you. And if you've not experienced God's gift, church, You've only experienced religion. You've only experienced religion. You might have experienced good church or ministry participation, but if you've not experienced, if you are not going today, if you are not going with haste today, if you are not telling people, if your life is not defined every day when your feet hit the floor of a life that glorifies God just for waking up, you may not be saved is what I'm getting at. Because that's the real salvation. And I'm talking about all the way back to the birth of Jesus. Man, I didn't know it was going to be like that today. This is Christmas, Sophie. Exactly. I'm talking about the gift of God. It is Christmas. And this is what Christmas is intended by God to be in the life of every person that will call on the name of Jesus. Nothing else. If this is not your experience, God wants it to be your experience. I've been so moved. And I shared this at 9.15 this morning. And what I'm about to tell you, if you are carnal-minded, you're going to be distracted the rest of this service. And I mean that. I don't care who you are. You're going to be carnal. If you're carnal-minded, I'm going to lose you right here. But I have, my heart has been so heavy, and God's been dealing with me for weeks about this subject called impeachment. Now, you can go ahead and go stupid if you want to, and I said stupid. Stupid. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent. If you're still a citizen of this world, you're one of those three. If you're a citizen of that world, you, you, don't, you don't fit into that, that program. But I got a civic duty. I got a civil duty. If, if you are a civilian here, you do. You are exactly right. Are you telling me not to vote or to vote? No, I'm telling you to hush and listen to me right now. That's what I'm telling you. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about crooked, dirty, low-down Democrats that's manipulating systems. It's not about Republicans. That's, it's not about the White House. It's not about any of that. Let me tell you, and, and this is why people need to be saved, so you can fly above all this and see what's really going on. Because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, by the way. There's powers, there's principalities, there's spiritual wickedness in high place. And if your mind's in the, I start, God, thank you, in the mouth of a donkey or an elephant, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be lost as the rest of the world that don't claim anything. But this thing has been gnawing on me, and it's climax this week. I told Angie yesterday, I said, I, I cannot even hardly focus on Christmas at all. And this is what i said this morning i said because it's like when you have a nauseous feeling and you're just waiting to regurgitate i said people don't realize but i i i just feel like something very horrific is about to take place in in, in this country right here you, you you can think it's whatever you want to but you better hear me this morning that's not a coincidence i'm preaching a message on salvation that dates back to the cradle of Jesus Christ and all of this stuff is happening right now where God's just, I feel like making one more plea to his people and to who will will listen to say, listen, make sure your calling in an election is sure, but I'm telling you whether he's impeached or whether he's not impeached, listen to me in the name of Jesus Christ This country has gone after everything Satan will throw up. Everybody is for every sin that you can think of under the sun. And unless you are blood-bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are sucked in with the rest of the world, and you can't see it for the carnality that looms and lurks in the life of believers are called so-called believers in church and we find ourselves in the vacuum but I'm telling you that it's about to happen and this is prime ground for the return of Jesus Christ this is prime ground and you better listen because this is what God is telling the church I have stretched my hand out one more time to give you an opportunity to come under my wing and under my arm so that you can be part of that bride. And it's time for you to trim your lamps and make sure they're filled with oil is what God is saying to his people that will listen to him. And God is telling us, church, God God said, you need to preach today like it's your last message because it very well could be your last message today. You can love or hate Trump. I don't care how you feel about all that garbage up there. You better snap out of it, church, and you better realize there's a man that bled and suffered and died so you wouldn't have to spend your whole eternity in hell. And he's called the gift of God. Get out of this stuff. Get away from this stuff. God does not want you to be anywhere near the things the world is chasing after. He's telling us, He's preparing us. This is, if you could go back 2,000 years ago, all of this uproar and upheaval see there was a census going on y'all remember all that they had to travel because of what was being taken a census see there was all kind of commotion people were uprooted people were probably at each other's throat what country does that sound like to you a little bit there and and, and I, I would pray a prophecy that I heard uh yesterday I said I'm not doing that I'm not doing that I'll wait till after this week and then I'll play it if God lays it on my heart. But it was one back from 2014. I could not believe it and ran across it by mistake. And God is telling the church look, I love you. You are still my right arm. You are the people that I need one more time to go with haste and testify about what I can do for a person's life. But you better make your calling and election sure right now because time is almost up. One more gift. One more gift. You know, along with Jesus, Jesus gave us the gift of the church. Now let me speak to everybody here. Or people watching, please, please listen, please. Did you know why we're all really fought against when it comes to church attendance? Now, you know I'm telling the truth. Because Satan opposes the gathering of the saints. That's why the Lord, hallelujah, knew. I better better make the quota way low because times are going to get... So this is what God said. We're two or more gathered together in my name. I'm going to say I am there. Hallelujah. I glorify you, God. I worship you in this house today. Listen to me. Listen to me. Satan has fought this body for years. Oh, Lord, bless your holy name. I can't contain it. If you don't know what's going on, Lord, help you. God will help you. But listen to me. Listen, church, listen. This is why he fights. Because he knows there's strength in numbers. When we come to God in one mind and one accord, this is exactly just an instant replay of the upper room. The hundred and twenty. And pandemonium breaks out in hell when this takes place. This is why Satan opposes you attending church, coming to prayer meeting, getting together, even to pack fruit boxes or whatever Friday. He doesn't like that. So you are fault, and you will be fault the rest of your life. You will be fault. He doesn't like it. So if he can drop things in your life to keep you busy, to keep you out of God's house regardless of where you are, I don't care if you're in another country right now, regardless of where you are, if he can keep you away, then he can keep you secluded and keep you away from dynamic power taking place. See, when you're by yourself, you don't want to go as bad. And you sure don't want to go with haste. But you let about two or three prayer warriors lock arms and get together, man, we'll bust hell wide open. So this is why Satan's, This is why God gave us the gift of the church. And I mean the local building you're sitting in right now, but I mean that for all buildings. God gave us the church. He gave us the church because he knew that there would need to be not a tent, not a tabernacle like the Old Testament, but there would need to be a place where people could come in And everything from the worship of his father down to having needs met, to being fed, there would need to be a place. So he made a place and he called it the church. And Satan has detested that. And so he's fought, he's done everything from fight the battle even within the four walls of the church, to fight outside in people's minds and in their calendars and schedules and their likes. And He's done a good job at that. And God wants you to know every time, and this God's given me this right now every time we miss the gathering of the saints together, we're missing out on another opportunity for what gift. God might open inside of his gift called the church. Are you trying to get me to come to church here, Ope? Uh No, you're already here. You're sitting in here right now. I don't need to do that. But I'm trying to tell you when you wrestle and you fight and ah, am I going to do this or whatever. Satan's robbing. He's in the process of trying to rob you and he will use everything from your children to your livelihood to justify it. And I'm going to pray, but I'm going to tell you Thursday morning, I met with the pastors. We hosted prayer here Thursday. And one thing come up to tell you how, if we're not careful, other people that live in other countries, parts of the earth, they would, they would literally die to be able to meet publicly and openly. And see, I, I, I'm losing people when I say, because you can't even imagine that. You can't imagine people being like they were in China about a month ago. While they were meeting, the government sent huge excavators to start tearing the building while they were gathered in their church. Or people having to get up at 3 a.m. and go in somebody's basement and crawl through sewer canals to get there just to worship and gather and glorify the name of God. And we treat this like it's an elective in an algebra class. Amen? We do. If I can go, I'll go. But I'm busy. And what are we busy doing? That has eternal value that God commanded in the scriptures. And we talked about this in that room Thursday morning. I said, you know, I know of two ball games. And, I, and again, here you go. You're touching the sacred cow. I know you are. But I'm not talking even about football or about Scotland or about any. I'm talking about people, okay? I'm not talking about the sport. I said, but I know of two times this year at least where at the beginning of a certain week they saw very, very bad downpour, torrential rain type weather on Friday. Not months ago, and on Monday or Tuesday of that week they got together with the other team and was able to reschedule it and back it up, you know, to what night. Y'all, don't do that today. I'll call you out. We'll cut all the lights on. I'll get the wireless mic and come around here. Don't do that. Not in a day now. I'm lit right now. What day did they change it back to? Thursday. There you go. All right? I know the pace that people live now. They all, You know you already have your week planned out. But do you know by Thursday night, people that probably had other things planned to do including taking Johnny and Susie somewhere and all that all of a sudden whether they had to manipulate work schedules or sports schedules or home schedules or uh, well they're supposed to come fix my air conditioner schedule oh can't do that we got roaches crawling they'll be on another day with well, all these schedules and they made that thing work amen And you know people ain't sitting around, I wonder, I wish there was something happening Thursday night. What am I saying? I'm saying that on a moment's notice, 72 hours, people were able to change schedules and fill a stadium up. But we we debate and decide on whether we're going to go to God's house or not. And it's a gift. This place you're sitting in is a gift. If you're visiting and you, you live somewhere else, your church, listen to me, your church is a gift, okay? Your church is a gift. It's a gift God gave to us so we could worship Him. So we could have all kinds. This place right here. And this place, along with many other churches, every week has people that walk out of their buildings and not touching gifts that God has but I think God wants to change that for people today for people that say I I'm ready to open the gift I'm ready to be saved I'm ready to be the kind of Shepherd I'm I, I need to have Shepherd sense for a change I need to go and I need to go with haste and I need to start talking about What God's done in my life. Instead of all this stuff that don't matter. And I need to start glorifying God. I want you to close your eyes if you will. Father God. I know that you're able to do more than we could ever ask you. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now God. That you would do what only you could do. You would speak the lives. And help somebody to hear you Lord. Hallelujah, in your holy name. Everybody that needs this place, I'm going to ask you to come to this place. There's no sense in leaving the gift unwrapped. No sense, no sense, church. And a bunch of you raised your hand at the beginning of this message today that you believe that message. You believe the message of salvation. You believe it. This place. I don't even know if people honestly ask God for things anymore. I know we want God to bless us in all those things. But I I don't even know if we believe the gifts of God anymore. You are not if you're not saved, now listen to me. This is more important than anything else. I will tell you. If if you are not saved and you are ready for that to happen to you, I want you to come and I want you to meet me right here at this altar. You haven't had the experience that I explained about the shepherds. That happened. Well, yeah, I prayed, but You know, I just kind of started going to church and, no. The gift of God is too powerful and too big and too much of an explosion. It doesn't stay quiet. It can't. It cannot do it. You know how you shake a soft drink up sometimes? Y'all know what happens when you do that and you take the lid off? It don't say, well, somebody just shook me up. No, man, that thing will mess you up and everything around you. That's what happens when you meet Jesus Christ. See, you've been shaken up. And God's shaking that sin out of you. And you're not the same person. And that lid comes off and all you do is just explode. You spill over everybody. You go everywhere like the, the, the uh, shepherds did. You, you just testify. You start talking about what happened. That's what happens. And God wants people to know that if you are not living in that vein, in in, in that river right there, he really needs to help you today. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I believe what I've heard. I believe what I've read. Forgive me of my sins. I'm not just talking to sinners. I'm talking about people that's kind of struggling with the answer. Am I really saved now? I've heard all that. Or maybe you're wondering, Man, if all this stuff goes down, what am I going to do? I'm going to tell you. If you are not ready, I don't know what you're going to do. Let me explain something to everybody, and I want to pray. I, I can't do this no longer. I, I just I can't do that. Um, listen to me. Right now, we are living... In the age of grace. I want everybody to, you can look at me, unless you're praying. We're living in a time of grace right now. That means God's not going to turn anybody away. I don't care who they are, or what their sin is, or what their track record is. If if they've murdered masses of people, God, the grace of God is greater than any sin right now. God's not going to turn anybody away but let me make one thing clear when the rapture of the church occurs the grace of God will no longer be present on this earth it's gone so them thoughts that you have of conviction well maybe I might need to do something maybe I do need to listen to what the preacher said and I don't I don't really feel like I I, I'm there let me tell you something I I don't have any hope for anybody making it that knows the message now, but they don't fully submit and commit to God. I I have no hope for you during the tribulation. Because I'm going to tell you right now, your worst day on earth times a million cannot compare to one day during seven years of tribulation. Because the restrainer is removed, you see that's the hand of God you think things are bad now you don't know how bad they could be church the the restraining hand of God is holding back Satan from doing more than he's even doing in your life right now or in your family's life or at work or at school you don't know how bad it it really could be if God's hand was not removed and you can think this is political the only thing that is saving America right now is our current stand by the state of Israel. That's all. Because you can't find a lot of righteous people in America. You find a lot of busy people, a lot of pretentious people, a lot of self but you can't find a lot of righteousness. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. You can't find it anymore. It's only the restraining hand of God is out there. I don't understand that. Well, let me take you to the Old Testament quickly. You know, Satan wanted to destroy Job. He could only do what the hand of God would allow him to do. He wanted to kill him. God said, no, you won't. No, you're not. That's because the restrainer's hand was in place over his life. The restrainer's hand's in place over you and your children and your family right now. I don't care if you're lukewarm or you're not even saved. It's only by the grace of God and His restraining hand that you have not completely been wiped out. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags, church. That's what the Bible teaches us. There is none good. No, not one. I think God left those scriptures in place just to keep us where we're supposed to be. So God is calling to multitudes, church. On the 15th of december don't you waste this gift moment don't you waste it i believe you're judging me opie i'm not judging a soul in here i'm quoting scripture and the holy ghost is trying to burn a hole in you right now don't you throw that on me this is the grace of god being shed abroad in your heart right now people always want to torch preachers say hey stepping on my toes I, I can't walk on you. I can't even walk on my own feet. I ain't walking on yours. I'm doing what I've been called and mandated to do. The Spirit of God's dealing with you, not opie I don't have a gospel. I don't have a law. I don't have a covenant. I preach to you out of the Word of God, and now this is what God's been doing. He's been trying to reveal Himself in your life so that He can free you and set you free and give you the gift that only he can give you but you've got to receive it church so this is what we need to do i'm going to pray and then i'm going i'm walking out them doors And I'm going to say, thank you, God. I did everything I know you told me to do today. I said I didn't hold back. I did what you told me to do. I did what I thought I might should not have done. But you said it's not your business. It's not your house. You did it anyway. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat me something and rest till I go eat again in a little while. God... I've done what you've told me to do. I've told them about the gift and what salvation should look like in 2019. What a Christian looks like, Lord. What somebody that's truly saved looks like. And God, that's all I can do. That's all I can do, Lord. It's deliver your word. But it's your spirit I depend on to help people and get people to that place that you need them to be so that you can unwrap the gift. So, God, help people to search their hearts right now. Help people to revisit the altar of repentance right now. Ei shikata no mousi, La no mokosa, eikatara no mousi, mono kosi alesen. Rotara no mokai, lenen ki mousi, mo shikatara molokia lecheke o sita rotara no mono si rotona I glorify you. Oh God, oh God, I worship you. God desires to show himself to you. Don't shut him out, the Lord is telling you. Give him the opportunity like you've given Satan, like you've given the world, like you've given your family, like you've given your friends, like you've given your enemies. Give me the chance, the Lord said, to do great and mighty things, to show you something you've never seen before. I'm not a man. I don't lie. I will complete. I will fulfill. I will finish what I've started in your life, but you've got to allow me to do that. Somebody, everybody. You might be streaming, but you better listen to God. Search your hearts, church. Search your hearts. Search your hearts. Do your first works over again. Do your first works right now. Say, God, I just need to do an inventory. Hallelujah. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I'm not leaving here empty handed today. I'm leaving here full hearted. I'm going to be that soft drink that's exploding everywhere. I'm not going to leave mundane church. I'm not going to leave predictable experience. I'm walking out of here full of joy and full of the glory of God. God do a work inside of me like I've never ever dreamed of. You've got full access. You've got full access to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people with your eyes closed? The remainder of time that we have left on the earth, you're open to whatever God wants to do in your life. Would you just take both of your hands as a surrender to Him and say, God, Lord, you see my hand. I'm yours. I'm yours. It's time for people of God to go with haste and testify, I'm yours. There's no shame in my game. I lay down my life and pick up my cross and I follow you. I'm not going to hide my light under a bushel. I'm not going to question what you're doing. I'm going to walk by faith. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, multitude. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's time to glorify right this minute. Why don't we just glorify God? Just glorify Him. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord. I bless you. You took care of my family. Lord, you made a way. You opened that door. You closed that door. You gave me peace. You healed my body. You made it work, Lord. I glorify you. I glorify you, O Lord.